0: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. I'm going to die out of here.
1: 1980s. With the Literary License Podcast retrospective of 80s horror films. With your co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicki Ray, John Wilson, and Keith Shago keeping everything tubular and rad. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say. She
0: wouldn't even
1: I'm your here. number one fan. Hello, welcome to the Genesis Podcast. It's the 80s, where we'll be discussing two films from the 80s. And tonight, we'll be discussing Night of the Creeks from 1986 and Night of the Comet from 1984. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicki Ray with us. Hello, Vicki.
2: Yep, it's just little old me today. I feel so unloved. I think everybody's got a hangover. and They don't want to admit
1: it. Yeah, I think that's what's happening with Craig and David, at least. And... <laughs> Joe's ill and John's traveling to God <laughs> knows where. So yay! I
2: feel so unloved.
1: I know it's horrible when people have lies outside of this. I
2: know, I know <laughs> they, they should not be allowed to have a life at all.
1: Mm. What about you? Hello. Um, you? Well, um, basically, I'm just getting things together for um, season six, getting the website information out. So I started typing that. So I got six months of that typed out. Got another six months of episodes, so that's what another twenty-four episodes plus the five Dark Heart Shadows episodes for next year. So, um, so yeah, so I'm just typing that stuff up at the moment. So, getting that ready, and then of course, invites and everything will go out um, next month. And of course, I gotta get the newsletter out next week or the week after, so that's gotta be done as well. So. So, but besides that, I've been watching some stuff on telly and finished watching The Staircase, which was excellent. Really enjoyed I didn't that. See
2: it. I didn't even hear of that one yet.
1: Um, it's based on the documentary series, The Staircase, the crime one about whether he killed his wife on the stairs or not. Who was that? It's called The Staircase, on, it's a, a Netflix crime documentary that was told in six parts. I would
2: have said, i got to
1: check it so out. So, they did a dramatization of it with Tony Collette and Colin Colin, oh the Pride Beryl? and Prejudice guy. The what? Who? The Pride and Prejudice guy. Oh, oh 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 oh! I know you're talking about. So and it's got the girl from Game of Thrones in it as well. The one who was um, married to the messed up kid. Um, she's in it. She's very good. But it's it's a really good cast. And then on Disney Plus we started watching The Pistols, which is the rise and fall of the Sex Pistols, which is... I've got to watch
2: that. I've got to watch that. I don't think people realize how young they really were, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you can see it all beginning and ending as soon as it began, sort of thing. But um, I'm at the part with Sid Vicious that uh, just meets Nancy Spungen. Sid, 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 yeah. Sid. So... Um, so that's very good. But I mean, it's quite interesting because I didn't know that Chrissy Hines was dating one of the people in Sex Pistols.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: yeah but Maisie Williams is in it as well, who is from Game of Thrones. The little girl from Game of Thrones is all grown right. up now. Um, and um, it's directed, by, directed and written by Danny Boyle, who did 28 Days Later and Train Spotting and things like that. So that's very good. And then I finished watching The Midwitch Cuckoo, which was excellent.
2: The what cuckoo?
1: So, the Midwitch Cuckoo, which is based on a nineteen fifties novel called The Midwitch Cuckoo, which they made into a movie in the late fifties called Village of the Damned.
2: I did not know that.
1: So it was excellent. I mean we'll be covering Village of the Damned probably in season seven, so we'll be covering that book, book the film. Whoa. The or it'll be part of our make remake. because They did a remake of it. John Carpenter did a remake of it, didn't he?
2: Yeah, John Carpenter, they, I don't know what's going on, but they're doing John Carpenter everything across the board lately on just about all, like, the free apps and stuff and yeah. and stuff on the smart TVs. He, his movies are just popping up like crazy right now.
1: Yeah, well, they, a couple of the films have done remakes as well. I mean, I saw Assault, um, Assault on Precinct 13 had a remake, um, and then, of course, Halloween had a remake.
2: Right. And, uh,
1: so they look like they're making remakes of his films as well. But, I mean, he made a remake of Village of the Van with Christopher Reeves back in the day before mm-hmm. he became a paraplegic. It
2: was good. Pre-paraplegic
1: Christopher Reeves. Huh? Yeah, so I said pre-paraplegic um, Christopher, Christopher Reeves. So, right. you know, next season in season seven, we'll either do a book to screen or we'll do it as a make-remake. So we'll see how that goes. But, it, but cool. the TV series is excellent. I really liked it a lot. So it was really well done. And anything else? I've been watching these comedy specials on Netflix. I saw the Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin one. That was too PC for me. And then they had a gay one yesterday which was horrendous. And I just made me want to go straight. So I don't know. <laughs> it
2: has to be but, bad then. What's it called? Uh, it's that bad. It's almost
1: like, oh, it's like I don't know. It's just, it's just these comedy things that Netflix is doing. But it's like comedy is dead. Everything, oh everything my god, I sweet. know. And all they're talking about is COVID, which is like, okay, I'm sick of COVID anyway. I mean, we have yeah. two years of it. I mean, get on with your freaking life and stop talk, stop moaning about it.
2: Yeah, it's over. And then
1: one and then one comedian was going on about Donald Trump. And it's like, he's been God of office for two years. What the hell are you talking about now? It's like if you got problems now, anymore. you might want to look at your present your, you know, your the new idiot that you have. So I don't know. But anyway, it was a bit too much for me. Did you watch out. any of
2: the Did you watch that Ricky Gervais yet on Netflix? No,
1: I'm gonna watch Ricky Gervais and Don Chappelle. So I'll watch I
2: that. like you know, but he seems he he seems angry though. There was something different. I mean, I liked it. He, he really he went after everybody. He wasn't just picking on PC, but he picked on everybody. But yeah. he seems angry. I mean, you can almost see he's angry. He's done. He's sick of all the bullshit.
1: I I mean I like Ricky Gervais anyway. I mean I I, do. He's a person I don't want to like, but I like everything he's done.
2: He's so hateful, but you like him anyway. He's not. He just doesn't seem like a happy person in any of his movies. Not a happy person. What was that series he just put out? Afterlife, about a year. That
1: was that was excellent. That That was one of the best series
2: I've seen. Loved it. He did
1: did extras, which is excellent. And so The Office, of course, he's the yeah. originator and writer of The Office. We had the K version before I went to America, and then the Steve Carell version came out. And yeah, I can't fault him, but, he, but he's someone I don't want to like, but I do like. It's kind of weird. So, I know. I'm, there's a few people I, I that don't want to like
2: either. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to put everybody's nastiness aside and still appreciate their talent.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's hard.
1: <laughs> but what about yourself? What have you been up to?
2: Well, it's hot, you know, we're in the, everybody goes, it's a heat wave. No, it's summer. It's, it's Texas. This is just what happened. But with, with inflation and stuff, we haven't really been doing a whole lot. We got tickets. Well, I got, we got tickets to go to a concert next weekend. That's, just, I'm not going to be home for Scott's birthday in a few weeks. So we're going to do that. Oh, I watched some Netflix stuff. What was it called? Um, Coven of Sisters. You would like it.
1: Is that the one about the Mormons?
2: Uh, no, not Mormons, but it's sort of like it's it's sort of like crucible ish, and the the judge is like the more they these girls tell him, about he just wants to know what happens in these in these like the their theatrics. They're they're basically deny their witches, but this guy just gets his rocks off by hearing what goes on in the coven's, and they just tell him explicit shit just to spare their lives longer and longer. You have to watch it; it's really quite good. And oh, I um, love that. And then I watched The Incredible Melting Man, 1977. Effects were awesome. It was stupid as fuck, but I loved it. I've been watching all this old stuff lately because I'm doing anything I can to ignore the TV lately. Like, yeah, you know, it's bad. I can't, even I can't take it anymore. So I've been watching old movies. Like, I watched War of the Worlds yesterday and the old War of the Worlds. And then I was, gonna, then I was trying to figure out how it was, it was sort of the same they, they used the same themes in the new one with Tom Cruise several years later but it was really kind of interesting for to watch both of them
1: see I want to cover War of the Worlds but I don't know if I want to do it as a because I think I didn't like the Tom Cruise one because it was kind of stupid the reason why I thought it was stupid is basically you know it's got Dakota Fanning in it who's really annoying when she's a little girl anyway and he goes across country, and Boston is all blown up. And he gets to Boston; his house is the only thing not blown up in the middle of all these blunts. And I thought I was like, "This is really stupid." But I was thinking, I was actually thinking it might be quite interesting for Christmas—not this one, Christmas—the next Christmas—to do it from book to you to read the book because it's an Orson right. Wells book, isn't it? Yep. But then listen to the radio show of Orson Welles, and what a good idea! So. i like
2: that idea my mother well I, I can't remember when it came out wasn't it the 30s they did that that scared everybody, everybody? yeah
1: this area like um and that it's one of this and the thing is it's from the same people who did uh citizen kane so it's got agnes Moorhead doing one of the voices and that's like right that.
2: that's right so yeah it was really i, I love the old one and, and you know what There was a lot of uh like faith at the end of it. I didn't notice that before, but in the world where God is dead and Jesus sucks and everything else, yeah. it was a nice little message. We all know what a God fearing woman I am, but I mean, it's kind of nice to see that old stuff back because it's really, that's not hurting anybody. It was a good movie. But, yeah. uh, and then there, speaking of Dakota fanning, I, I took a chance on one because you know, how. well, this is 2016. It was called Brimstone. It's about this preacher who just has to get back after her. He just, because she was his wife and it was a Mormon thing. And she didn't want to be his wife and all this other shit. So she ends up being a prostitute and all this other stuff. But he just is relentless in this search. for. I cannot like me. Remember the guy, the, the villains. You got to watch it. It's really good. And she doesn't talk much because she actually has her tongue. Not actually, but she the character has her tongue cut off to make herself look like somebody else you know, so she could be a mail-order bride to a- avoid this guy. And it's the how wild, wild your, west. How
1: does your, your tongue cut out turn, make you look different?
2: <laughs> well, see, the woman that she was trying to impersonate was her friend and oh, she yeah? was going to escape the the hooker house because the women okay. were not allowed to fight back at the men. If you did, they hung you. It was really, really awful. You know, it, it escaped the Me Too movement, I guess, and it's still out there. But it, it's a good movie. You like it. And Ghosts of War about the soldiers. It's in Netflix. These soldiers are they're they're in this house and it's haunted and all this crap is is happening, but not too much of a spoiler. But they're kind of like in a Matrix kind of thing, and they're hooked oh, okay. up with machines and they they think that all it's just wild. You have to watch it. And finally, the last thing, other than my old movies, what was it? Legacy, No Prophecy. Watch that. And because that was walking a
1: walking one.
2: No, this one, that was the Prophecy. This is Prophecy. You know, the, the bear, it's a it's a mutated bear. Oh, yeah,
1: it's got, it's got Kim Hunter in it from um, from Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, and it's
2: got this guy, I could have swore it was Mike Brady, but it's not, and Talia Shire's in it, and it was yeah, interesting. It was kind of interesting, Armin Asante's in it. It just, it just amazes me that all these movies are out there that I haven't been looking. You just gotta stop watching the fucking news, <laughs> and there's all kinds yeah. of good shit to watch. But those well, were remember, my picks this week.
1: I remember the prophecy when it was released because I really wanted to see it because I was a kid when that came out. <laughs> my mom said, "I, I think it was
2: '74." I want to say '74 yeah. movie.
1: I think it was telling Telly shire more, was actually.
2: still hot. She was just between Godfather Two, and then she was going to do Rocky. You know, a few oh, okay. years
1: later. So it's about 70, so 76, 77 then. Yeah,
2: so. around then. I thought it was 74. They're driving nuts now, but I watched it. It was so stupid. I mean, it, you know how those old movies are, but in the, I the still 70%. have not seen Jurassic Park or Top Gun Maverick. I guess I gotta go see that, because I've never heard so many people say, yes, America is back. So I guess maybe I'll have to go watch it. I don't know. Unless it comes out on mm-hmm. streaming. But Jurassic yeah, I, watched,
1: I watched the two Jurassic Park World movies, because they're on sky over here so i watched those one after the other they're good films i like the the new trilogy
2: you're gonna go see the old one you're gonna wait the new one are you gonna wait for it to screen? i
1: might wait for it to cut i might just rent it from home going to the cinema is kind of like a penny arts now so i think it is and it's
2: so expensive Gosh. And the thing is, it's
1: like I can rent, I probably, when it comes out like two weeks later to rent from home, I probably can rent it for $15.99, which is probably yeah. cheaper than going to cinema, so.
2: They usually come out here for like $19.99, and I, I don't think Paramount's on this one, I can't remember if the Warner Brothers, I don't know.
1: And I have a big, I have a big screen TV. I mean, that's well, right.
2: You keep TV. telling me about your big screen TV.
1: And I have surround sound and stuff like this. And sometimes the screen at home is bigger than the screen at the multiplex.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. my daughter is thinking about going to the IMAX in a couple of days and watching it on that. I haven't been to IMAX in so long.
1: Uh, I would go to the IMAX and see a movie. IMAX is because that's an experience. I don't mind. It is an experience.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I haven't been like, to IMAX in eons, actually. I, 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 need to I just don't like
1: going to a multiplex and going to see something on a small screen. It's just like, why am I paying this? Like, I can see this at home on a small screen. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. true. I mean, so. Still haven't seen the Cronenberg film, and then Joe filled me with, it's not playing anywhere down here. I can't find it, and I guess they just don't like to put out the indie films.
1: Um I have to well,
2: find a smaller theater.
1: Not only when it comes to indie films anyway, they don't release them in um, across the country at the same time they tend to move them around the country like block I mean? them a
2: little bit block your block yeah
1: here. yeah they kind of do it that way i mean another reason why they might not do it because maybe it's going to appear it might be appearing um i think you got a horror fest or something going on in texas soon anyway, yeah right? we you do know?
2: in houston Yeah, so it's probably months.
1: So, so it's probably playing at that
2: Oh, yeah. It's so hot here. I just don't want to drive for hours. <laughs> but I did watch, before I forget, I watched uh, the eighth episode of The Boys today on Amazon. Love it. Don't let anybody ruin it for you. Keep politics out of the boys. I love it. No one's going to ruin it for the me. Boys. But, and uh, what was I? And then I finished watching The Offer. I mean, if you are a Godfather or a Mario Puzo fan or just even, uh, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, you have to watch it. I have never been vested in these characters, and it's because it really happened, you know, I looked up a lot of stuff, and a lot of it happened, and it was just amazing to watch how this all came together, and what a struggle it was to actually make The Godfather. You know, I can't, I can't sing his praises enough. It's so well done. And I love Matthew Good as Bob Evans. He is just the lovable nut. I love him in anything. So I mean, I, I liked was,
1: him in that movie that we cause we we did one of his movies, didn't we? With by that Japanese director where it's um it's kind of a takeoff of uh Alfred Hitchcock and it had oh god I'm trying to think of
2: the name Nicole had
1: Nicole Kidman in it and he was the uncle that's come home and her father died and he's trying to get off with his niece
2: oh oh what the hell was that oh my god was I know it, what you're we talking it. about it was really good in that oh that was Matthew Good, wasn't it yeah and they, yeah, 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 they ended up together at the end. They are both two psychos. I just didn't expect that ending. I know exactly what yeah. movie you're talking about. I love that movie. I totally like forgot M- about. it. I can't Mia remember
1: was, the name. Mia with Shuska, whatever names in it. From oh
2: my god, that was a messed up. That was that was fucked up, but it was really good. in a good kind of fucked up. I really enjoyed yeah. that one too. I love his movies. He was great in Discovery of Witches, and you know, just, yeah, he that's just how he's just well. he was good as the the. Um, uh, Princess Anne's boyfriend in The Crown. He was in that. He was perfect for that part. It was almost like he was born for that. It was excellent. Other than that, we haven't been doing much. The guys have been taking up motorcycling. I guess we're into the 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 engine part of the two wheels now.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Yay! Anywho...
1: Anyway, this brings us to Night of the Creeps, which is a 1986 American science fiction horror comedy film written and directed by Fred Dacker. In his feature directorial debut, starring Jason Levy, Joe Whitlow, and Tom Atkins, the film is an earnest attempt at a B-movie and a homage to the genre. While it's the main plot of the film is related to zombies, the film also makes and tag- takes on slashers and alien invasion films. Night of the Creek's did not perform well in the boxes, but it has developed a hell of a cult following. So we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Night of the Creek's and be right back.
2: The Night of the form is finally here
0: for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's
2: going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the Night of the Creeps. From a world unknown
0: comes a nightmare unimaginable. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and
2: then inside
1: you. They get into your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new terror.
0: Freeze! They are a different kind. Of Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over.
2: I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here.
1: What's the bad news?
0: They're dead. You have never had a night like this night of the creeps if you scream you're dead
1: well welcome back to the literary license podcast we're discussing night of the creeps from 1986 so vix what are your thoughts on night of the creeps
2: well it was like I don't, it was like a modern 1950s. I, I was just waiting for Steve McQueen to kind of walk out there for a while. <laughs> but he didn't. These slug things. I don't know. I guess they were leech. I guess they they, they attack the brain. Right? They go into the mouth. They go into the brain. I guess they eat your brain. And then you're yeah. walking around for a while and you're not dead. But you're just kind of walking around. I, I thought it was really humorous. I thought Tom Adkins in this. I, I really liked him in this. I don't know, he he's he's kind of reminds me of Vincent Price sometimes. He knows he's not gonna get an Oscar, but he embraces these roles, you know what I mean? He
1: he's just knows he can these, do it. He's on a lot of these 80s horror films as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, and his young self, you know, he's he's the he's the police officer and he sees the love of his life get bludgeoned to death with an axe, even though she's with some other dude. And you know, I guess it gives him PTSD all these years, like several decades later, and and then it just you know, all this stuff started. The
1: criminally... I guess it's... What
2: is it? The criminally insane? Yeah. I mean, it... Mental patients started all this?
1: No, it basically happened with them. Um, it opens up with a spaceship, doesn't it? Right. And, and the they're aliens. all up
2: in there in the make-out, whatever, make-out hell or whatever, and yeah. They watch
1: but it. Basic, but basically, it starts off in a spaceship with the aliens, and they're saying, "No, oh, we must not let it escape the ship, and then they they blow it out, the wind thing, so it kind of floats down and lands in 1958 America, and then it's yeah. obviously what. Oh, that's, that's right, precious. the
2: aliens. Okay, I've got my alien movies mixed up for a second, but they put it in a glass thing. It, obviously, the aliens want no part of this shit, so they eject it out of the mothership, and yeah. then it ends up like an asteroid into the United States in small-town uh 1950 something where everybody's making out. Of course, you see the guy. I'm gonna go check this out, you know. Yeah. It's always the big mistake. If you're all making out somewhere, having sex, see a meteor, don't go look at it.
1: No, uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing ever great comes into that, is it?
2: Yeah, well I was expecting, you know, remember the blob and the guy sticking it, sticking the blob of the stick, the old guy, and then it gets stuck on his hand, and then the rest of movie history.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then and then oh, it depends which version you see. There's the remake from the eighties and then of course there's the original of cream one. I, I tried there's, to like the one in the
2: eighties. I love the old one better, but
1: Well the good thing about the one in the eighties is quite it's very, very gruesome, which I quite I like the gore in it. But I, like I do like gore, the nineteen sixties one where they're running they're running away from the jello. It's like, oh no, it's the jello. Oh <laughs> <It's> Jell-O. <Jack laughs> of the giant jello ball. <laughs> Yeah, it's like jelly isn't it it's like grape jelly uh, but red <laughs> like red jelly
2: <laughs> well you didn't you had your comedy in this too because you have the two typical uh what do you call it nerds i guess and they want to belong to a fraternity and i guess they have to go dig it get a body and put it where they have to the right they had to steal a cadaver yeah from a medical center and put it on the steps of what the rival fraternity that didn't go over well
1: I mean, did you notice the cast names, what the, what the character names were? They, they were a nod to all the horror greats. So Jason Levy was Chris Romero after George Romero. The, um, one of them was James Carpenter Hooper, John Carpenter and Toby Hooper. Um, uh, the other one was Cynthia Cronenberg after David Cronenberg. Detective Landis after John Landis, Sergeant Rainey after Sam Rainey. Um, oh, no kidding. I'm sitting here looking Caden. at the
2: list and that just, I didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah. Oh my so God. That, and then um, we had also off, Officer Bava after Mario Bava. So
2: I didn't need that, totally went right over my head.
1: Yeah. So they named all their characters as an ode to all the. Um, or directors,
2: or greats, yeah,
1: yeah. So that was quite cool.
2: Officer Craven. Okay, I didn't even, I didn't even know that. But you did have the, but you had, was it uh, police cars and? Well, you had the typical police not wanting to believe these guys. Yeah, and I, mean, I thought
1: it. I quite like. I mean, I thought some of the special effects were quite good. Um, I didn't think these... they were bad.
2: I, I, the leeches were pretty uh, believable.
1: Yeah, I, I like the leeches. Especially um, when
2: they go into your mouth.
1: Well, I also like David Palmer as well. He was like um, the scientist guy who gets killed, and you know the one who goes walking out, and he, and the guy the officer goes after he's dead. He's got he's, he's up in an autopsy. He's got like the this, he's like mid autopsy. Gets up and starts leaving the mid autopsy. And the, and the police officer goes, "See you tomorrow." Um, whatever his name, is, I'll fall to stir. and he's like. Ugh
2: the haunted okay ray cameron's the haunted cop that would be atkins Uh, but they had the cryogenics lab break in and one of the bodies who oh that's right the boy that found we have to backtrack the boy that found the meteor was the one that was first i think he was probably the first one infected right and they cryogenically froze his body so these nitwits want to steal the body and he comes out he doesn't he looks pretty fresh still and he's got the. I guess he's going to start spitting leeches in everybody's mouth.
1: <laughs> so, well, he chopped. So that they I get think he, the, didn't he chop up? A, didn't he chop up his slutty girlfriend?
2: Yeah. Well, no. Didn't the wait something else crazy chopped up the? No, the, that wasn't him though. That was another oh, person okay. that chopped up the girlfriend.
1: Okay, that's fine. That was only because you see him jump in the canister. And then you see the, you know, see you get chopped up. But then but the thing is, you kind of see it in a dream sequence. So I didn't know if he was, you know what I mean? I don't, because you know, we see what happened to the girlfriend in the dream sequence when he had, Tom Atkins is asleep. And then he's, he, you go back to his original self. And then you see the, her, him, her getting chopped, um, chopped I'm up. I'm trying to that. recall
2: now. I thought it was somebody else that chopped her up, but he couldn't stop it. And they, well, but, they, get the, they get the corpse, they put him in the secret room. He, they thaw him out, and he kills the medical student working at the lab, but now that's going to drive me nuts. I can't remember what happened to his girlfriend. I know she gets chopped up by an axe.
1: Oh, no, she gets stopped, chopped up by an escaped criminally insane. That's right, the the that's crazy it. guy. So, okay. okay, that's I okay. thought I missed right.
2: a beat or something there for a second.
1: No, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't work out. It only because of the dream sequence, so because the dream sequence was kind of weird because the the criminally insane guy kind of turns around, and we kind of get this Tales of the Crypt kind of guy.
2: At. Yeah, yeah he looks around and he does kind of look like he's a little decomposed, to say the least.
1: Yeah, so that, that, that's why I got a bit confused. I didn't know if like did that really happen, or was it the criminally insane person that do it? Because the the hunky guy gets, you know the slug gets into his mouth. We see that happening, so I didn't know if you know I was a bit a little bit confused.
2: The slug-like things into your mouth and nobody wants slug like things in their mouth it's disgusting
1: Yeah, no. i mean an interesting thing say. about this is that in the 80s we did have this thing where we had an ode to the 50s I and mean, right. there's a lot of films that have this old 50s like hello mary lou Prom night two <laughs>
2: that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite movies i love that one yeah. i love mary lou
1: and of course we had Grace Two around coming out, which another ode, you know, another notch of sixties and happy days is just coming off its run and things like that. So in the eighty and we also had a lot of like eighties, um 70 not 70s, 50s odes in the 80s as well, didn't we? We for some reason now we, and,
2: we, and now and in, in this now we're 2022, you get a lot of odes to the eighties now. Yeah, like you it, seems that?
1: To, it seems to have to be like a 30 year break or something isn't maybe maybe it is
2: an in increments of 30 years because i'm trying to figure out what's so great about 22 2022 that everybody's going to be reveling in
1: well that, that'll be 30 years time so i'm hoping to be dead so i don't have to relive <laughs> it so
2: i hope i'll be up there on that cloud looking down with you. Yeah. because <laughs> i want off this planet someday i don't i just want a different planet if i incarnate somewhere else i'll be happy
0: yeah
1: but uh
2: it, it it's kind of, it's got it's got a lot of tropes it's got the usual typical trope. this is just a really tropey campy film
1: i don't know do you think that yeah and i, I quite like it for that though i think that's what this tar- Oh, makes it is. fun kind of like, and you know like i like all the characters i was really upset when these um crippled friend got killed i quite it's like oh no that's sad
2: the purple friend
1: yeah, because the thing is, you actually cared about the character, which you don't get in a lot of horror films. You don't care no, if they're no. die. You kind no. of watch them hope that you know that they make it or something. And I thought, oh, that was quite—you know—that quite like that. You had the blonde hair jock fraternity guy who was, was always kid.
2: villainized. Did you ever yeah. notice that that the the, the 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 jock, no matter what, he's always a douchebag.
1: It seems like the bigger the blow-dry, the bigger the douche they are.
2: <laughs> and the perfect hair. They've got perfect hair.
1: Yeah. but She didn't float. seem
2: too interested in him either. You know, I think she was trying to get away from him. You know, and. Uh, well, well,
1: what about think, the guy with the unibrow who's trying to pick her up? Oh, my God. that—that
2: that, What was that? Was he like a linebacker or something? And, and you know, know what? If you think back. I mean, there was always the one, the bulked-up guy who did have the unibrow no matter what football team, no matter what high school, there was always one.
1: I know. It's like, why don't you just shave down the middle while you're shaving your face? Oh, God, easier. at
2: least you know somebody do something with that. They'd only take a second, just near it off, something. But apparently, was oh, is it uh, Cameron finds the first body, whereas the corpse makes the way back to the sorority house first. This movie was it so bad. It get
1: back to the sorority <laughs> house, but what happens is, is that, um, she looks out the window and it's there and it falls and his head splits open. And that's right. Closed oh, closed.
2: that's right. For a second I thought he was almost coming through the window but he didn't. I go, was she infected walking around? Because I thought uh, she was for a few minutes but she wasn't.
1: No, because she comes back get, the next night and gets her cat and her cat, of course, has been affected.
2: Yeah, figures, the cat. But, cat. yeah. Yeah. Just, there's just something about shit coming out of your mouth. Just, mm-hmm. Why did they make it like that?
1: Well, they didn't just come out of their mouth. They also came out of their head because they, they it's almost like. Well, they they're, blow they're, up
2: out of their head.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they were eating inside. We're eating them from inside out. And then when they, their head, their head would just like, and when they fell, it would just smash open and all these things would come out. Like they're eating all the bone and cartilage and stuff.
2: Well, it kind like of, that. it kind of made me think of um was it dawn of the dead brain i like send more paramedics or is that the army did i can't remember what is it. return send the one? living dead return of the living dead send more paramedics i don't know why that jumped into my head because you see the um <clears throat> they got those remember the girl has the brains for the the science experiment and they store them in the sorority's basement for a later time and apparently there's a shit ton of brains down there because you see the pile of leeches that have you know descended upon all these science lab brain things that are down there
1: but it's kind of weird because the the zombie i mean when they're zombies when the dead are being reanimated by these leeches it's like but they don't really attack anyone it's only when they die and it's like the leeches are using them as a way to i guess breed inside them so that when they so well, if you notice, the they leeches- kind
2: of ran past everybody, the leeches did, but every once in a while, one would climb up your pant leg or something, and I was trying to figure out why they weren't hyper-aggressive, so that that was kind of, they are aggressive, but they just did descend upon your mouth like, say, an alien, you know? That no, they, they, up went up your,
1: they went up your arse, didn't they?
2: Yeah, why, well, did they?
1: I think so. What else are they going to get into you?
2: Well, to they go through your mouth it. and up your ass. Yeah, I guess they could.
1: Because if they're going up your pant leg, they're not going forward to your mouth, are they?
2: <laughs> yeah, which brings me back to what's that movie? Not the mess. I'm being, but... anally
1: I'm being
2: anally what, what probed. What Stephen <laughs> King movie was that where those guys were like crapping out those big, nasty.
1: Oh, Dream Catcher.
2: Dream catcher yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That was so, everybody's stomach was like growling and everything. That, that movie grossed me out a little bit. The big yeah. guy
1: the one they the had book, the, the book the book was actually better than i, read, I remember reading the book and i haven't read the like, book oh.
2: that's one i can say i have not read
1: yeah i read that it's one of the last stephen kings uh back when i was reading and reading him religiously has he got so, anything
2: coming out lately or have i just been
1: he does a lot of mur- he does a lot of murder mystery stuff now a lot of murder like.
2: mysteries because i haven't seen anything that really screams castle rock you know
1: Nah, well, Castle Rock, he doesn't really use it anymore. Everything's normally placed in dairy. So, if it's, right. it's dairy, because he blew up Castle Rock and needful things, didn't he?
2: Right, right.
1: It, dairy gets drunk and up when he couldn't remember writing anymore.
2: Well, well, most most geniuses are, you know, get into some kind of whatever. I didn't even notice that it was Foreman University, too. I totally, I don't know how that went over my head. I, I'm almost embarrassed. Well, uh, Joe would Which be ending did, you,
1: did you see? Huh? Um? Which ending did you see? There's two endings, this film. Where the uh,
2: they're in front of the burning sorority. They got she gets she comes a badass and she's okay. she's not afraid to light the, uh, the flamethrower. And so uh-huh. she's kind of helping kill off everything in the end. Why? Which ending did you see? Well,
1: did you did you see did you, was it the ending where um the the leech is going into the graveyard? Or did it end with a dog? The dog. Okay, so you, I saw the ending I saw was uh, on my disc, had the ending where basically as Chris and Cynthia standing in front of a burning sorority house with a camera moving to the street where a police car raced towards the burning building. The police cars is raced by the charred and zombie Cameron, who is shuffling down the street, still smoking a cigarette. When he suddenly stops and falls to the ground, it said, then burst open with the slugs that incubated inside his brain, scamper out and slither toward the nearby cemetery, suggesting the slugs have found new hosts to inhabit. Search appear from the night sky, revealing the source of the spaceship in the beginning of the film, with the aliens intending to retrieve their experience. I did
2: see that ending, but there was a dog. What happened to the dog?
1: The ending, the, the theatrical ending is the dog who caused the bus accident returns and approaches Cynthia. As Cynthia bends down towards it, the dog opens his mouth and a slug jumps out towards her. That's no. I
2: thought the dog lived. lived. Okay. I thought the dog. Yeah. Lived. I, th- I was getting the dog and the cat confused. Yeah. But the, the searchlights that came from the sky and they they see that the the spaceship. And apparently it ends with the aliens coming back. I don't know why they would come back and get that. They didn't want it. What, were they just down here to see what it was going to do? I mean, they
1: they are using it as as an experiment to see what they do, what the fuck Well,
2: if you remember, though, in the beginning of the movie, it was like Star Wars, because they were battling, you know, trying to get this thing off of the mothership, you know?
1: Yeah. They are funky looking aliens as well.
2: They kind of looked like gummy bears with no ears or something, and I don't,
1: know, that, the I don't know they care bears you remember that horror film in the 70s called it's alive where the the baby, the baby. gets out of the mother and it's like it has a taste for human flesh and it has like the and remember the face on it it kind of reminded me of the face rubbery yeah the baby's like going out trying to eat people i so love that movie. i haven't like watched
2: that in several days i gotta get that out and watch that again i haven't watched that well it's a fun. trilogy
1: isn't it there it's alive it's alive again and it's alive yeah, the island of it's alive isn't it there's like three of them
2: <laughs> i keep getting it mixed up with another maybe i don't know if this is like you ever see the one with the baby that it wants to drink blood and the mother's in the shower and all of a sudden it just latches on for a boob and she realizes that something's going on because it starts sucking blood out of her boob it's just i there's just something about baby baby themes and blood sucking with boobs and there's something it's offensive as hell but you got to watch it because it's horror and it's like if it makes you uncomfortable then they've done their job so
1: well it's alive i think is a it's kind of a nod to like the incredible shrinking woman and basically it's alive is caused by all the chemicals and everything that we eat and everything that's for cleaning and stuff like that and that's the reason why this genetic it's baby comes about that's what the message is which is kind of interesting, really, when you think about it. It's like, oh, okay. So this is what happens if you use too much bleach, maybe, that you might have... Too a-
2: much bleach or mercury. Mercury is a biggie. Mercury is bad pretty for you. Pretty. Mercury always causes mutations in animals. And they make sure that there's a really poor village downstream <laughs> before they start letting the mercury out.
1: You <laughs> can remake it. So this is what happens when you get the COVID vaccination. <laughs> like it's a baby, <laughs> Oh, baby. Oh, my God, yeah.
2: yeah. It wasn't uh, bad. I mean,
1: no, I really, I like this stuff a lot. So we rate it? Wow, so
2: oh, I'd give it a 4.5 easy. The real reason I wouldn't give it a complete five is it lost me a few times, obviously. I oh. mean, it was like Dark Shadows. You got up for a second, and you're kind of lost, so... <laughs> But I really do like, you know, I'm probably going to watch it again because I really kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't notice Romero, Hooper, Cameron, Cronenberg, Landis, Raimi, Hollister. And it's just like, oh my God, how did I actually not even, I thought when I heard Cronenberg, her name was Cronenberg. I heard that and I was like, oh, nah, you know, like, ah, well, and then you said that, it, it just totally eluded me. But I thought the special effects, I think it's just a fun film. I mean, a lot of these were, I, I. I guess now that we got all the CGI and all the stuff where they can really like roast out, and they can, but there's just something about these movies that are there's they're campy and fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, this movie came out as Night of the Creeps so was released on August twenty second, nineteen eighty six in the states. Right. Uh, and it's only eighty eight I mean, minutes. Yeah, but it also seems like in different countries in different cities. They named it The Homecoming Night.
2: The Homecoming Night.
1: Yeah, so they didn't release the same title across all America at the same time. They called it different titles. Might be the reason why people were a bit confused, maybe.
2: Well, maybe. But did you know what was it? What part was that? Oh, yeah. When they're uh, sitting there, I don't know if it was a nod to Animal House or not, but when they were sitting there in the car, they were doing what happened in Animal House, of course. But she's going, Starlight, Starbright, first star I see tonight. That was an Animal House scene. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, for a second, I go, they're not going there, are they? They didn't go there, but it reminded me of Animal House big time. You know, Or she always this idiot's name but she always has to have a glove on every time she's with <laughs> you know what i mean
1: yeah <laughs> i have to sit there and say though with this film i think it has like a timeless quality to it because it doesn't have a lot of a lot of 80s style um clothing in it if you notice and like they're kind of like just traditional clothing i mean some of the hair was kind of 80s but overall it as far as the costumes and stuff are concerned and the clothing, the clothing was quite mild for 1986. It didn't have a lot of poofy skirts or it wasn't a lot of ratted hair going on. Or
2: You know, I mean, when I was in college, I graduated 87 from college, but I remember there was a few girls that had that. I've never seen anybody that had that crazy Aquanet hair. I don't know if you did. I know yeah. we the people put their bangs up. That's stupid. Why everybody sprayed their bangs straight up. I'll never know i mean stuff like that but i didn't see too much of that in this film
1: no i mean that's why i thought it was quite interesting that they kept it quite so it has kind of a timeless feel to it. it didn't have a lot of that 80s hair going on in it even the guy's hair was quite modernized if you look at it from, it
2: kind of was because like, well, well styles come in and out and i don't know a lot of 80s stuff is coming back with what's old is new and i've noticed a lot of stuff coming back you know like as soon as I saw like high top sneakers, I started buying them because I love high tops and they just didn't, you know, I had every pair of LA gears there was to have back then. Every color, every shoelace that went with everything. And If I didn't, I'd buy the shoelaces. But um, I thought it was a lot of fun. TriStar Pictures did a pretty good job with this one.
1: Yeah, I quite like it. I, I would give this a five star. I do love this film. I own it and I bought, I've watched it numerous times, so yeah,
2: oh, it, it's a lot that. of fun. This I, I fun Tom Atkins, he was great. He's always good at these movies, you know. He always this plays, oh, films. yeah, thrill me. If I heard thrill me one more time, he answers the phone, thrill me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, yeah. how can we forget that?
1: And I just remember watching this, he used to be on HBO all the time, and so I just remember watching it a lot. So I, I think that's why I have a, a nice feeling about this film so
2: it kind it. of makes you feel good yeah kind of turning on the old back then hbo was a brown box with an on off switch it was black and you turned it right or left
1: <laughs> well you also had ours ours i think had the thing where you had like the push button system we had like the channels across <laughs> you know,
2: like that. that was the next one that's when they started getting smart and everybody started making cable channels
1: yeah and then yeah. mtv
2: came into the picture you know and the rest is history
1: but i i mean i used to like all the new york city stations that we used to get because that's some good stuff on our little wpix and like,
2: what was another yeah, wr tv i remember all that shit
1: it and you to watch all those old tv shows on those stations million dollar movie kind of... yeah excellent Brings us to *Night of the Comet*, which is a 1984 American science fiction comedy horror film written and directed by Tom Eberhardt. Sorry, it stars <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart, Robert Bolton, and Kelly Maroney as survivors of a comet that has turned most people into either dust or zombies. *Night of the Comet* grossed 14.4. 4 million in the U.S. on a $700,000 budget. It has a Rotten Tomatoes approval rating of 79%, and it has since become a cult film influencing the creation of Buffy the Vampire Killer. So what we're going to do is cut to the trailer tonight The comment, and be right back.
0: What's happening? Oh yeah, I guess you are a little confused. I'll go to pep squad practice and split after. It's so a part of if pep squad practice, is on or not? You can't get anybody on the phones. There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. All oh, right, nobody. Look, look at this. Here's Doris. This is all that's left of her. This is dust. It's Saturday morning. Where are the goddamn kids? Give your MasterCard on you. No. Good, cause you don't need it. The stores are open!
1: (laughs) Okay, girls, hold it right there. You, the blonde, get into the line. In a lot of dates
0: this one? where did you get this at dimes I'll
1: be taking requests from all you teenage comet zombies.
0: Might be alright for date night in the barrio, but if you wanna any more of those guys outside, we can need a little more stopping. glad to
1: see you you dirty rats all right let's do it
0: night of the comet
1: lessons podcast we're discussing night of the comet from 1984. so Vicki what are your thoughts on night of the comet?
2: is this supposed to be Haley's Comet?
1: um I supposed to be just a comment, but I mean I'm Haley's just wondering or, because it's,
2: well it's 1984 it's out, but I yeah. just remember Haley's Comet coming around when I was yeah. in college and I remember actually seeing it we were in the mountains of Vermont and I, it just, just reminds me of this all time this is actually one of my favorite 80s films I just yeah. love this movie I think it's a lot of fun, and it's got a. Uh, I, I can't. is it Catherine Mary? What else was she in? It was driving me nuts.
1: Um, Catherine Mary Stewart used to do. Um, she she did some telly and stuff, didn't she?
2: Yeah, she did. It, I, she's her face is so knowable. But we had Kelly Marooney in here. She wasn't Kelly Marooney wasn't like the star of the show actually. But I love anything she's in. I don't know why. I just get a kick out of it. She's so cute, I guess, this baby. It's so petite. She's just so sweet to watch. But uh, I think it's funny. They're passing through the tail of the comet. And normally you would think, well, you know, it would probably destroy the planet, but it turns everybody to dust. And everybody, I mean, everybody except for a few. What I was trying to figure out is if, if you were inside and the, the comet passed and everybody else outside just turned in, you know to dust, I was trying to figure out how did Kelly Marutha. This is the part I still don't understand. She's itching and everything else. Does she actually got the virus that's going to turn her into one of the undead that eventually turns into dust.
1: No, she's um she has an allergic reaction. To something.
2: Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I know that uh, that they, they knock her out with sodium pentothal because you know, she's trying to save her. The other you know jumping ahead that was just driving me nuts for some reason. But I thought this was like as 80s as it gets for a movie. You, you got the stores, you got you got the clothes, you got the the families. You, you know, you got the the mother. The, I guess she was the stepmother who was awful. You know, and nothing you want, No one wanted to be vapor to see her get vaporized. It was totally worth it because she's so mean to everybody.
1: Well, Catherine Mary Stewart, she was in another classic film that was released the same year as this called The Last Starfighter
2: oh oh that is her also, oh my god okay
1: yeah. i was she's like also, where have
2: i seen her it was driving me crazy
1: and she was in another film called mischief and then she was also in the tv mini-series of hollywood wives and sins
2: okay the yeah. last star, starfighter now that i know I, I just could not place her face i knew i'd seen it somewhere recently and like where have i seen her before
1: And in 1989, she did another classic cult film called Weekend at Bernie's.
2: Oh, yeah. Who could forget Weekend at Bernie's?
1: Uh, That's actually a
2: good movie. But I, I, I thought this was about as this... You started out in the theater and I still don't know why she is with that big lummox that works in the theater they're not dating i guess they're just she's just there to get 15 dollars, and he wants sex or some shit yeah. and i couldn't figure she doesn't need him and i i, did I think she just didn't
1: want i don't i think she just didn't want to go home or something like that oh yeah
2: wasn't
1: yeah and the father was you know was away and it, and her, her stepmother's having an affair with the neighbor or something isn't she yeah
2: the neighbor but, across the street
1: but it also seems like you you would you would turn into dust unless you were, and unless you were indoors. And you're indoors, then you you kind of become kind of a zombified kind of a character. Or if you were in a metal box, because the movie theater, the movie theater was was, was lead, and the basement was made uh, under metal as well. Apparently, so, so Larry, the, the I,
2: theater projectionist, says.
1: Yeah, so that's the reason why they they were they weren't affected
2: okay what about kelly though the dog the dog got vaporized in the house if you've noticed remember she wanted to know was it because the door was open
1: well no she was in the basement
2: oh that's right okay she did sleep in the basement and the dog was like right in front of the door and his pile of ashes were there so that confused me for a little bit sometimes
1: i mean i thought it was impressive that they were able to clear out the streets of l.a there's no people. No shit. Amazing.
2: I mean, that had to be like. Well, it looked kind of twilightish, so it could have been like really early morning. But I mean, anybody that's been to LA knows that there's traffic any given day at any time. And I'm trying to figure out where that they. I'm gonna have to look at where they filmed that part because I can't believe that they did not. I mean, there's just no cars. I mean, it was the freeway. I mean,
1: yeah. So well, that must have took some doing as well, but
2: made major I mean, doing.
1: And I mean I quite I mean the characters are excellent. I love the characters. I love Mary Warnoff. She's bloody brilliant anyway, one of the um, scientists.
2: Oh yeah, she, she was. She's the one that fake euthanized uh Kelly Maroney. She didn't want to kill her. Yeah. I thought that she took the sodium pentothalized herself in the in the, the radio station, but apparently she just killed herself, didn't she? She yeah. didn't I was kind of that that part I was kind of hoping she was gonna stick around, you know? I always do every time I see it.
1: I mean another interesting thing is Mary Wanoff and Robert Belchin would appear together in of course Eating Raul, which we'll be covering in December. They're both I in haven't that. seen
2: that in a long time, but that was a great movie too.
1: Uh, and i mean i always loved mary Walnut anyways i mean i remember when she did like charlie's Angels, She she's in that prison episode where they go to jail remember that <laughs> yes. charlie's Angels? And, i
2: forgot you know, about all those
1: but mary, mary, and she was also in those uh, women jail movies i mean she was in well, Andy she looks
2: tough she's pretty but she looks like a badass at the same time
1: well we even got this we're even seeing her in horror films today i mean she's in house of the devil isn't she
2: I don't recall her in House of the Devil.
1: Yeah, she's the one that hires the babysitter to take after... Oh, my God,
2: that is her, isn't it? Oh, my God, it is. I totally forgot. I didn't know that was her, though.
1: I love her. She's just a plant. She's a classic, so... Anytime I see her. But I also like, um, there's nothing really aging this film, except probably the video game that kind of ages it, when she's playing Asteroids or whatever it's called. I don't know what it
2: was, but I do remember... Doing that though, but putting my initials in there, and I'd get really pissed when somebody do pole position or galaga somebody, especially galaga and somebody put their initials above mine. It's like, god dang it! I mean, I would, I would, I, I totally got that one. That kind of brought back.
1: I love. I also love. I love this. Some of the filming as well. I mean, when they go to the um, radio station, I love the way that looked. The radio station is all pre-recorded, but I love the way the radio station looked. It was all like pinks and. Mayon. It looked like, like a
2: radio station.
1: looked very like a radio station in Miami Vice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like the Lords of Salem radio station, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they
2: and get then, smart, uh... though. And they start going shopping for guns and clothes and stuff like that. And they get in a firefight with the, the, the stock boys, the evil stock boys, yeah. who already were on their way to being but whatever that is, yeah, they're
1: other their way to changing and stuff like that. And I, and I also like um like at the end sort of thing. And uh, I mean everything about this movie for me is perfect. Like you know you got Robert Beltram and you Catherine Mary Stewart. They got the two kids that they saved, and they're all dressed up like in their Sunday dress as so they're going to church.
2: I know and, that was kind un- of
1: weird at the end. <laughs> and the younger sister goes out, and she goes, she's a now, listen, children, you should look both ways. You don't know what's going to happen. She goes, well, what's going to happen? There's nobody here but us. And I was, like, yeah. the guy I, I was so gone. glad,
2: though. Every time I watch this, I'm so happy for, for Kelly Maroney because she finally gets a boyfriend. It might not be, you know, perfect. The world is gone, but she got a boyfriend. She's so great to spend the rest of the uh, time on the planet not without a date. She got her date.
1: But he even has little nods to it. Do you, know, do you see, remember the license plate? Do you know what that DMK stands for? When she's playing the computer game and someone beats her score and it's DMK. Oh, he's
2: DMK. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I didn't notice that. I was trying to figure out, okay, they're showing the license plate for a reason. And it totally is. Yeah. Oh, now, now that I, I said, I would like to see how that turned out. But there, was, there was never a sequel to this.
1: No, there's I wish there was actually. This is what it would be kind of
2: nice to see what happened to the girls, you know. I mean they got the kids. Sort of like, you know, Zombie Land. You kind of see, you know, in the next one, the girls have grown up in that movie. You kind of like to see what happens because there's such fun in in characters, you almost want to see what happens, you know, in their life of zombification. But I imagine everybody turns into dust eventually and somebody's gotta start the world again.
1: I mean, interestingly enough, the guy who wrote this, he said he, he wanted an idea of a strong female protagonist uh, uh, with his, his love of the movies set in an empty city. Um, he was inspired by Ginger Rogers. For really? further inspiration came from real-life teenage girls when he met while filming PS, uh, PBS specials. Without telling the girls details of the script's premise, he asked them to describe how they would react to an apocalyptic event. The girl saw the scenario as an exciting adventure and only saw a downside to the experience when Eberhard brought up the subject of dating. So using their okay. an- answers, this is what he wrote the script based on. And I sit there and say, I think that's what makes it brilliant because it's like, they're not down. They're like, they're just going, okay, well, here it is. What we're going to do about it. Let's do the best we can. You know, and it wasn't like, they weren't moping around like Walking Dead, where they're all depressed all the time, and they're just—they
2: were just still just living life, trying to figure out what the hell they were going to do. I mean, and then they wrote, what, "What's the, the guy's name that they run into?" It is uh, Hector. Robert yeah, Beltran Hector. is Hector Gomez, and of course, you know the big sister is going to get him. So there was a. At first, I thought there was going to be a little more uh, uh, tension or abrasiveness between the two, but. They ended up, you know, doing pretty good. They saved those two kids from the bad guys and the in the lab. And then they were—I still don't—they were looking for a—they a, were trying to—they were using the blood of youngsters to find a cure. Is that what they were doing?
1: Yeah, because uh, because they could because they couldn't figure out why they weren't infected, so they figured if they used. A, if they use their blood, they could find a cure, but unfortunately there looks like they're drawing all their blood out to find a cure. So <laughs> the, and the thing is, I don't know if they were actually zombies anyway, um, because I don't think they were eating flesh or anything.
2: I think they were just they're very aggressive and they're they just try to bite you and tear you apart and stuff because he got uh, the, the the projectionist there, the guy, what's his name, Larry? He was in mm-hmm. the uh for the theater. And I think that one, he just came after him with a pipe wrench, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So, I think they were more crazy than they were actually zombies. So.
2: No, they were well because I guess when it came to the guys that were in the the mall store, apparently they ingested some of the dust that came into the vents when the comet had passed over, and that is made, why. But it they made a lot.
1: They made them light sensitive. I know that they couldn't do. Yeah, the and they That's they, they were
2: kind right. of turning, but at first I was I, I didn't think they were going to shoot at them. When you first see the movie, you kind of think, oh maybe, maybe they have got to form their own little army. But no, it didn't work that way. But I thought it was really I don't know. It's, it's you know how girls are. But that but if they were still acting like sisters and girls in the mall, they were trying on all the clothes and stuff. Normally, I mean, if you go to Neiman's, you can't afford shit in that store. But back then, you know, probably was a, it was a place to go between in the 80s. People just went to the mall and you see a lot of this stuff. And I, I was really that's why I thought it was really cool when we were watching. A, oh, god Stranger Things. And, and you know, that's set in the 80s. And then you have the mall and you have the, 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 the little war in the mall and everything. And it just I don't know. The 80s were kind of cool. That's why I like these movies. It makes me homesick.
1: <laughs> I think and I think they also they made things a bit fun I mean Night of the Creeps is a lot of fun this is a lot of fun but this yeah, one's definitely it, a lot of fun it's really enjoyable and they kind of knew how to do I mean it's really hard to mix horror and science fiction and comedy into one great big ball and this does it right. really well interesting enough this is the first film to get a PG-13 rating PG-13 ever- I'm trying to
2: think I don't really think it was PG-13 to tell you the truth well, I mean, I, I understand the rating, but I'm trying to figure out what was the 13th. We were, we were or...
1: discussing last week. We didn't, we didn't know when PG-13 started. So, obviously, it's 1984 because this is the first film to ever get a PG-13 rating.
2: No kidding. Yeah. See, I, I, I guess it did start. Then you have, well, then you have the ones that they try. Like, Vincent Price movies, I've noticed. I've been watching a lot of Vincent Price. Um, this Cry of the Banshee, I was watching... That the other day ago, I forgot how good that was. I love that movie, but it was non-rated to get around all this stuff. that it has an NR rating on most of these channels that you get on your smart TV. So, well, older
1: but, older films didn't have much of a rating system anyway, did they? They're all well.
2: There's there's sex, so there's nudity, there's obviously sex sexual innuendo. For I mean, in all of these Vincent Price movies, and see, when I was raised on the Vincent Price stuff, like you were. But I didn't know there was all that nude crap on because it was on monster movie matinee and all that stuff during the day. Mm. And they didn't show those. They showed the cut versions. It's like, and so now when you watch these things with the older adult eyes, it's like, wow, I don't remember seeing that. And I didn't because they put it on. They just cut it off. But it kind of brings me back to that kind of fun, that kind of fun movie because. Even though it was supposed to be seriously scared, there was still lighthearted humanism in it. You know what I mean? I mean, these were just there two talk young about girls. A
1: of this so we'll see how that goes.
2: They're making the remaking it. Please tell me now.
1: There there's talk of the a script is written and it went out in um, 2019, but then COVID happened. So we'll see what happens. So it might not seem late today, So
2: she went on, wait, she did uh, she did Bally Girl first, didn't she, Mulroney? In 1983, right?
1: I don't think she's I don't think she's in Valley Girl. Oh yes, yeah, she is. Is she wasn't she? No, that's Deborah Foreman you're thinking of. Who did Oh the,
2: okay, the okay.
1: There. Interestingly enough, the part that she got was, was auditioned by Heather Loggenkamp, who didn't get this and went into Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Which I to be honest, I can't see Heather Loggenkamp doing this film as the cheerleader part.
2: No, she's 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 I don't know. It's, it's, I guess, though, you already gotten used to the cutesy cheerleader look. I mean, they could have made her, I guess they could have done that with her, too.
1: Um, Kelly Mulrooney went into Fast Times at Richmond High. Richmond High, High. okay. Started. Chopping from 1986. And okay, Chopping Ryan, maybe
2: that's what I was thinking
1: of. And Ryan's Hope and One Life to Live.
2: I vaguely remember her in Ryan's Hope. I'm gonna have to go get on YouTube because I saw that she'd been on Ryan's Hope and I used to watch Ryan's Hope, but I cannot remember her character on Ryan's Hope. I never Everybody says it, so. that soap operas are where actors go to die. I'm just beginning to wonder if that's true or not.
1: But she's also in the two documentaries about 80s horror film called In Search of Darkness, part one and part two.
2: I did see her in that. I think she, I think, well, maybe it was her or was the other. I was getting them confused with, that showed up on Joe Bob one time. I think it was Kelly Maroney. Yes, because it was Chopping Mall. That's right. Yeah. She was a guest on there. And, and she's I'm kind
1: also of, in two, She also um, guest starred in True Blood as well. So
2: And I'm kind of mad because they don't let you pick up uh, Joe Bob on Shudder anymore. You have to get AMC to watch last week's episodes, And I'm trying to figure out what happened between last week and this week. I was watching it and now I'm not. I don't want any more subscriptions, damn it.
1: What would you rate this film, then?
2: Oh, absolute five. Five for fun. Five for the 80s. Five for the mall. Five for the clothes. Five for all the geeky guys. You know, so it was really in every trope possible. It was great.
1: Yeah, I was right. I the box
2: book. office, too, didn't it? I think it the $700,000 budget and made $14 million. Yeah, I
1: That's did not well, too actually. bad. I mean, And I didn't it influenced
2: see- the creation of Buffy Summers. Did not know that.
1: I mean, I didn't see it at the movie theaters, but I did see it on HBO, so it's one of those HBO movies again. <laughs>
2: HBO. I remember not necessarily the news on HBO. I used to love that show.
1: Well, I guess that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast and next week we'll be covering Dark Shadows. And of course we'll be going into I think we're going up to episode what is it one thousand twenty eight or something one
2: thousand well I'm up to one thousand and twenty five. I think we went up to some one thousand and a digit one digit I don't know I, all I know is that I'm at the I'm I'm at the crazy part so I'm been still in I'm still in the other part of the time not a time hop but the parallel universe which is starting to kind of pick up again.
1: And, of course, um, next month we'll be covering Battle Royale, the Japanese film, and the, and the um, Japanese film. Our make, remake will be La Cage aux Folles, 1978 French film, and the 1996 The Birdcage. And, of course, our 80s films will be Society and Parents, two films dealing with um, probably how not to be a good parent. So, Which is not a problem know, for most of us. <laughs> so it's good night for myself and good night Vicki
2: good night everybody take care of each other
1: and it's good night for myself and we'll see you next week for Dark Shadows and the next eighty of course will be Society and Terrence but make sure you tune in for Battle Royale The program.